Hey, New Life Gillette Church, we are thrilled you decided to listen to our teaching on your favorite podcast app. If you made a decision to follow Christ today, would you let us know by visiting yes.newlifegillette.com? Here is this week's teaching. So it's good to be with all of you, uh, all of you out there. You know, we have people in Germany, in Denver, uh, watching online, down in Casper, just all over the place. Uh, so it's so exciting to have all of us join all of them and to share such a powerful moment. Um, I'm gonna, as we get going here, I want to ask you a question to, to take you back a little bit. For some of you, you have to go back a little bit farther than others because you might be a little bit mature in age. But I want you to see if you remember. Do you remember back in the day when we were learning about this thing called sharing? Emil, can you remember back that long ago? I mean, you were sharing with Moses, weren't you? Maybe not that long ago, right? But I mean, that was a long time ago, remembering this thing when we were learning about this gift of sharing. Or maybe we can remember maybe helping our, our kids or our grandkids. And, and just, I mean, there's some amazing moments and emotion that goes on when sharing. I mean, for some of us, you know, maybe it's a good thing. Like these kids here, they're enjoying themselves. They're being very gracious and caring. But let's face it, there's some moments when we're asked to share something. We don't like that idea. This is something we want to keep for ourselves, and so that, that can be hard when we're being asked to share. Well, we're going to be bringing some of those emotions into this journey over these next four weeks as we're going to be jumping into a teaching series that we are calling Generous IRL. Do you know what IRL stands for? I mean, I was in a life group this week with a bunch of men, and none of them knew what it meant. So that, anybody know what it means? In real life, there are a couple of you that are hip out there and know the ways of the, of the world. And so good for you. Uh, yeah. So we're going to be talking about generous, being generous in real life. Those day-to-day, moment-by-moment opportunities that God gives us to share generosity, to, to be sharing, to maybe share a little Jesus with someone else. And so we're going to be doing that. Today, I want us to, as we're considering this idea, I want us to jump into this understanding as we look into one of my favorite stories in all the Bible. Uh, It's a great story that is going to help us because there's a man and a woman in this story that are very good at sharing Jesus with others. We're going to learn from them. Now, the interesting thing is they lived their life years before the actual Jesus walked the earth. Now, they were connected to him because they were his great, 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 great grandparents, somewhere in there. And, uh, and so they were in the lineage of Jesus. But these two, as we're going to see in the story, they already knew how to share Jesus with others as we look into this story. It, we're looking in the book of Ruth. I invite you to read the whole book of Ruth here throughout the week as you just see Ruth and Boaz is the other main character in the story as they share Jesus with others. The story starts off, uh, the man named Elimelech and his wife Naomi, and they have two sons, and let's say that they're living in a place like Gillette. It was actually Bethlehem, but we're going to pretend it's Gillette for today. And as they're living there, all of a sudden, there's no food to be found in Gillette. Maybe the Amazon truck's not making it here. Walmart had to close its doors for a few days. We can't get food. And so Elimelech, wanting to take care of his family, decides, okay, we need to go somewhere else. 
And so they make the hard decision. They decide to go to another community here in Wyoming where they do have food. Now, the hard thing is it's that community that we don't like hanging out with those people. You know that community, right? For you, maybe it's Sheridan, maybe it's Casper, maybe it's Jackson or, or Cheyenne. It's, maybe it's because of a sports rivalry that you've had since you were young, or maybe it's politics. Whatever the reason, you get that emotion. And so Elimelech takes his family to that community, not happily, but they have to live, and there they're living for a period of time. Now it gets worse for them, because the boys are of age where they're looking for a girl. And they end up getting married to girls from that community. It's not good. Naomi is not pleased at all that she now has daughter-in-laws that she has to hang out with, and they're from that community. It gets worse. Can you believe it? Yeah, it does. Elimelech passes away now. So Naomi is a widow. And her boys begin to take care of her as they're supposed to do. But all of a sudden, I'm not sure, it doesn't say what happens, but one of the sons passes away, and then the other son passes away. So there's Naomi in this community that she doesn't like the people there anyways, and she has the two daughters-in-law from that community. Could it get any worse? So Naomi, she finally finds that Walmart finally opened up in Gillette, and so she decides, I'm going to head back. At least I have family and friends there because she's struggling, and so she decides I'm going to go. But first she has a conversation with her two new daughters-in-law and says, hey, your family, your friends, you know the lay of the land here. Why don't you two just stay here, start fresh, get some new husbands, and start over again? One of those daughters takes her up on it. She goes off crying and, and probably with crying of happiness because she's going to get to stay home and start new. But then there's the other one, and that's Ruth. Ruth, one of the stars of the show, she sees the dynamics of what's going on with Naomi in front of her, and she decides that she needs to go a different route. We're jumping into chapter 1, verse 16, says this, but Ruth replied to Naomi, don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything but death to separate us. You see, Ruth sees the dynamics of what's going on. Naomi is a widow, and she has no boys to help provide for her. And so because of Ruth's heart, she wants to reach out and care for Naomi in this journey. So Ruth shows us right from the beginning, if you want to share Jesus, one of the things we need to be doing is cultivate a caring heart. Now we might say, wait a second, Ruth was one of those people and they didn't have the God that we know about in the Bible over there where they were. How could she have this caring heart? Well, She might be living over there, but God created all of us and he created us in his image. So from the very beginning, we are created in the image of God. And don't get me wrong. I know we live in a fallen world and sin creeps in and and messes up that caring heart some. But for Ruth, she still had enough of it laying around that she was able to see Naomi's situation in front of her and she was able to care for her. And the cool thing was she was about to be surrounded by a lot of other people as well who did know God, and they were going to continue to cultivate that caring heart from God's 
perspective in life. We jump down into chapter two now. We're going to spend the rest of our time. It says, now there was a wealthy and influential man in Bethlehem. Okay, they weren't traveling back to Gillette. It was actually Bethlehem, but we're going to still pretend it's Gillette. He was named Boaz, who was a relative of Naomi's husband, Elimelech. Okay, how does Boaz fit into this? Stay tuned. We're going to see him show up here in just a moment. Let's continue seeing what Ruth does in sharing more Jesus. Verse two, one day Ruth, the Moabite, that outsider, said to Naomi, let me go out into the harvest fields to pick up the stalks of grain left behind by anyone who is kind enough to let me do it. So again, Ruth, they get, they get back to Gillette and there's nothing in the cupboards to eat there. They need some food to provide uh, meals for them. And so what does Ruth do to be able to take care of her and Naomi? She, to be able to share Jesus, she makes a plan. It's one of the great ways to share Jesus is to make a plan. We can be spontaneous. We're going to see Boaz do that a little bit in just a moment. But it's always better, Mike talked about as a life giver, to make a plan to be generous. And so Ruth was wanting to do that. She made a plan. She knew of this thing in that time period called gleaning. Ever hear of gleaning before? Gleaning was something that God actually wrote right into the law because he wanted to provide for those who maybe were just having a tough day, having a hard time providing for their family, kind of like Ruth and Naomi. And so gleaning is when those who were a little bit wealthier in the community, in their fields where they were growing barley, wheat, whatever it might have been, to provide for those who are struggling this day. And so when they were harvesting, they were to let lay anything that dropped to the ground so that those who were poor could pick it up. Sometimes they got even more generous and they would just harvest the middle part of the field and let the outer rows for those who were hurting and struggling. So Ruth, she knew of this thing called gleaning. She knew how it was done. And so she made a plan to do this. Now, is it good if we only make the plan Is a plan all we need? Well, no. Ruth continues on. Naomi replied, all right, my daughter, go ahead. So Ruth went out to gather grain behind the harvesters. And as it happened, she found herself working in a field that belonged to Boaz, the relative of her father-in-law, Elimelech. So is a plan all we need? Well, no. If you want to share Jesus, you just don't make a plan. You got to follow through. And that's what Ruth does. She, she doesn't just make a plan of making a food meal plan. I mean, we can make a plan for the week of what meals we're going to make. But if you don't get the supplies and if you don't start cooking the meal, you're not going to eat. Ruth makes a plan and she follows through. She goes out into the field. And doesn't she just happen to end up in the other star of the show? His name is Boaz. Let's see. While she was there, Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters. The Lord be with you, he said, and the Lord bless you, the harvesters replied. So hold on just a bit. Boaz is just entering the story, and we see him already sharing Jesus. How's he do that? Well, we know what it's like when we go into the place where we work, don't we? Whether it's the mine, whether it's the school, whether we're walking into the hospital or place of business, we walk in and we greet people, don't we? We greet people in so many different ways. You dude, howdy. Maybe some of you use a colorful metaphor in how you share a greeting. Maybe you someone say, hey, you lazy jerk. There's all different kinds of ways that we can greet people when we're walking into our place of business. Boaz chooses to share Jesus. 
ways to share Jesus, we share the blessing of his name. He walks in and he uses the name of Jesus, but it was the name that was used for God back in that time period. He says, Yahweh be with you. He, he wants people to understand that the name of God can transform their lives. So he shares the name. And we can do that as ourselves. I mean, as you walk in, you can share the name of Jesus, but I guess I have to make sure, do you know the name Jesus? Do you know how to say the name Jesus? Let me hear you say it. Say Jesus. Jesus. Not bad. There's a couple of you that were holding back because you're more conservative. Let me hear you say Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. Way to wake up up there, teenagers. Good job. We share the name Jesus as we walk into a room instead of some other greeting, and it changes the dynamic of that room. You know, that's why I love some of these new shirt companies that have come out here just recently. Uh, there's a lot of them out there that have, this is the Jesus Loves You shirt company. There's also Elevated Faith and many others that you can get a shirt that has the message of hope on it about Jesus that you can walk into a room and people can see who you are about before you even get in there. And so, hey, Christmas is coming. Don't be afraid to get a shirt. I know you already have the New Life shirts. You can use those as well. But getting a simple shirt to share the name of Jesus allows you to go in and share Jesus with people who need to hear a little bit about it. Boaz isn't done yet. Let's see what else he's going to do. Then Boaz asked his foreman, who is that young woman over there? Who does she belong to? And the foreman replied, she is the young woman from Moab. Oh, not that place who came back with Naomi. She asked me this morning if she could gather grain behind the harvesters, and she has been hard at work ever since, except for just a few moments, a few minutes rest in the shelter. So Boaz comes into the, the field, and now you need to realize that Ruth, more than likely, she's over in this part of the field, and because she's from Moab, that other community that nobody likes, all the other harvesters and the gleaners are over in this part of the field because they don't want to be seen with her. And so it's pretty easy for Boaz to notice. And that's what we need to be willing that he's doing, that he, the, a way to share Jesus is to notice the people who need some Jesus in their lives. Back when I was a youth pastor, I had a, a, a guy, his name was Frank, on my team of youth workers. And he was so good at this thing called noticing. When we had a big crowd of teenagers come in, he would stand off to the side and he would watch all the teenagers. And if he noticed one of them pulling off to the side by themselves, he realized this must be a new person that needs to be connected. And so not only did he notice that they were off by themselves, but he would also notice something about him because he had the uncanny ability. Do you know anybody like this that could talk to anybody about just about any topic in the world. Do you know anybody like that that just can talk about anything? Well, that was Frank. And so he would see somebody over here, hey, they got basketball shoes on. So he would walk up to them and say, hey, I see you wearing basketball shoes. Do you like basketball? Yeah, I like basketball. Tell me what you, who your favorite player is. And they would start a conversation about basketball. And next thing you know, Frank would say, hey, Ryan over here knows basketball too. Let's go talk to Ryan. And Frank was so good at building relationships simply because he noticed that someone needed some Jesus. Boaz realized that Ruth needed some Jesus because he saw her in the crowd there and he paid attention to learn what her story was and what she was about. So Boaz goes over to Ruth 
and interacts with her. He says, hey, I've told my harvesters to take it easy on you, to be kind to you. Don't go to someone else's field because you're from that other community, that Moab place. They're not going to be nice to you or in that other field. They're going to harass you. Stay in my field. Keep working hard. The water's over there if you need something to drink. So just keep, keep doing what you're doing. How does Ruth feel about this? It says, Ruth fell at his feet and thanked him warmly. What in the world have I done to deserve such kindness? She asked. I'm only a foreigner. So she's willing to admit that she knows she's from uh, Moab. Yes, I know, Boaz replied. But, get this, but I also know about everything that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband. I have heard how you left your father and your mother and your own land to live here among complete strangers. You see, what Boab, what Boaz does is he sees this woman all by herself needing some Jesus, and he begins to call out the good in her. That's the way you share Jesus, is you look for the good in others and you call it out when you see it. And I know that there are some people like a person from Moab who maybe it's hard to see the good in them. And we get that. I mean, we have this guy over here that wears those chiefs jerseys from time to time. It's hard to see any good in him. But believe it or not, there is good in him. I mean, God created him in the image of God. And so there is good in him. We just have to look a little harder. <laughs> Love you, my brother. But Boaz looks for the good in Ruth, and he calls it out. And as we do that, I mean, how many of us here love getting an attaboy or an atta girl? We love it when people come up and pat us on the back for something we, we did well, because when you call out the good in others, it invites them and encourages them to keep doing more and more good in their lives. He is generous IRL as he shares, as he pulls out the good that he sees in Ruth and lets her know. Now, the cool thing is he's not done. Let's see what Boaz is going to do next. He says, may the Lord, the God of Israel. What's he doing? He's praying. He starts praying over her. May the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge, reward you fully for what you have done. He prays a blessing over her. I mean, that's what Boaz is doing. He, he knows how important this can be. So how do we share Jesus? We pray over them. We pull alongside of them and we love them by simply voicing a prayer over them, praying a blessing upon them and encourage them to walk with God. I mean, how many of you have ever had somebody pray over you before? Anybody? Praying out loud over you. Yeah. Doesn't it make, I mean, just build you? Man, it's just so good to hear that. Now, here's the problem we deal with. How many of you are afraid to pray out loud with someone? How many of you want to actually be honest about it? Because there's many of us that struggle with praying out loud with someone else. I, I was that way a while ago, a long while ago, but it was a while ago. And I had so many amazing mentors that taught me the gift of praying for others. One of them was, her name was Pauline Unger. Pauline was in my first church that I worked in and she was a shut-in. She was older and she couldn't get out because of some health issues. So, But she was in charge of my prayer ministry because her mind was so strong. And she, her house was between the church and my house. So as I was walking down, if there was something going on in the church that I needed to be praying for, sometimes I'd stop in and talk with her a little bit. And every time I did, as we're talking about these things that needed prayer, she would say to me, you sit down here. 
yes, ma'am. And I would sit down right next to her and she would grab hold of my shoulder and, and she would pray over me a blessing and talk about with God all the things going on in the church. It was a powerful time. I have great memories of those special moments when she was sharing this gift of prayer for me. And, and I have one memory that really stuck with me. It was a hot day, and I know that because I was wearing shorts that day. And I went in and I shared this thing that was going on in the church. It was a big thing going on. And she says, you sit down here. And so I sat down next to her. And that day she chose to grab my leg. And she was one of these ladies that likes the long fingernails. And she grabbed hold of my leg and she started praying for the thing to go on in the church. And I started praying that I wasn't going to bleed out right there. Because, I mean, she just was just digging in. And, but when somebody prays for you or prays over, or when you take the initiative to do the hard thing and surround somebody in prayer, it does three things. Number one, it lets them know that you care. And that can be so important in their lives to know someone's willing to pull alongside of me and pray for me. So powerful. It also reminds them that God is in this place, that God is with us. He's for us. And then the other thing it does, it invites Jesus lets, reminds them that Jesus is collaborating with us on this journey as we move into this day. As we go forward into life, Jesus is wanting to walk with us and collaborate and, and help write the story of our lives. And so praying over someone is such a powerful thing. And Ruth just felt the blessings of Boaz being willing to pour over her life with a prayer. How does Ruth respond to this? And I hope I hope I continue to please you, sir, she replied, because you have comforted me by speaking so kindly to me, even though, again, she knows, even though I am not one of your workers. I, I don't know why you're doing this for me because I'm an outsider, but yet you are blessing my life. And the cool thing is, Ruth has not seen anything yet because Boaz is about ready to get cray-cray. He's going to get crazy with sharing Jesus. Check this out. It says, at mealtime, Boaz called her, come over here and help yourself to some food. You can dip your bread in the sour wine. So she sat down with his harvesters and Boaz gave her some roasted grain to eat. She ate all she wanted and still had some left over. Are you getting what's going on here? I mean, again, this is that outsider, She's from that other place that we don't like associating with. And so the harvesters, they were okay out there working in the field. I mean, go, Boaz, if you want her to work in the field, all right, she can stay over there. We're going to stay over here. But Boaz now, he invites her to the table with all the harvesters. They're all hanging out together now with, with her, what's her name, from Moab. And not only is he inviting her to the table, but he's also giving her some food to share some of the food with her. So much food that she has leftovers for later. And now she's, he's even inviting her to take that Moab cootie's hand and dip it in the same bowl that everybody else was using. Who does that? Oh, wait. There's that other guy in the Bible story, right? Do you know the guy I'm talking about? That guy who... He fed a multitude, thousands of people, and when he was done feeding them, there were still leftovers for, for anyone to take. And he was also that same guy that was, he was told many times that you should not be inviting those people to your table, those sinners, those tax collectors, and those prostitutes, inviting them to our table to eat a meal with us. And he was also the same guy that dipped bread into the same bowl with the guy that was about ready to 
throw him under the bus or put him onto the cross. Yeah, it was Jesus. So before Jesus ever did the Jesus thing, his great, 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 great grandparents were already doing it. What were they doing? If you want to share Jesus, you got to go way overboard with grace. Because that's what Jesus does. Now, this is where we get challenged. Boaz is showing the challenge here. <clears throat> All the harvesters, they were challenged in this because Boaz was willing to go above and beyond the call of duty. Have you ever tried this before? Have you ever gone overboard with grace? I mean, maybe uh, you've uh, been in a restaurant before. Maybe you hear, you know, your waiter or your waitress, they're not doing anything great, but you hear a little bit of their story that they're just having a hard day. And so what do you do? And instead of leaving the tip that you're supposed to leave, you go overboard and you run out of the restaurant so that they don't see that you did it. And you just bless them with grace. Or maybe you're someone that's willing to invite someone to your table, even someone like old chief boy over there. <sighs> Nothing says grace like inviting someone that roots for the chiefs to your table. Amen? There's some amens going on over here, boss. You know, my family, my kids have grown up and we have this tradition at holidays that we love when we hear that someone is, maybe they're in town and they're a student and they can't get home for a holiday or maybe it's someone that has a family that's all shift working and they don't have anybody to spend uh, Christmas Day with, that we'll invite people to our table uh, for, for a holiday. And it's such a blessing. I mean, I know that you know, a lot of people think holidays are for the family unit, and it, and it is. We just let them know you're part of our family because we're brothers and sisters in Christ. So come join us and let's celebrate together. And so it's, it's an opportunity to, to share Jesus with someone who might just need a little Jesus. What about you? What way is Jesus encouraging you to go a little overboard with grace? Boaz isn't done yet. Still gets even more. It says, when Ruth went back to work again, Boaz ordered his young men, let her gather grain right among the sheaves without stopping her and pull out some heads of barley from the bundles and drop them on purpose for her. Let her pick them up and don't give her a hard time. All right, so he, maybe he's making it a little bit easier on her, but are you catching what he's doing? I mean, Boaz is wealthy enough that he could just take a big bushel basket and fill it up with grain and send her on her way. Go take care of Naomi. You don't need to work anymore. But he does something better than that. Did you catch that? Something better is what? Way to share Jesus is sometimes we got to give them purpose, an opportunity to work alongside, to, to carry out the work that allows them to go home and just celebrate. Look what God allowed me to do today. You know, I, I've been on a, a few work teams in my day, whether it's a life group going out or whether on a, going on a mission trip and, and we go out and we're working on someone's home, maybe fixing a roof or painting their house or maybe we're building a new set of steps on their front porch. And as we're doing this, the people who maybe live in that house, they want to come out and, and care about us. Maybe they want to share some lemonade or a plate of cookies or maybe they want to... Uh, grab a paintbrush and paint alongside of us. And sometimes my workers have said, oh, no, 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 we've got this. You don't have to bother. And I always say, no, let them bother. Let them partner with us. Encourage them to come out and join us on the journey. We're going to still do all the work, but if they can partner with us, it allows them to find purpose 
for what God is doing in their midst and becomes a, an amazing time. You know, that's why I love our purchase project out there. Anybody shop at a purchase project before? It's an amazing place because it's not just a bunch of cool stuff. But instead, the merchandise, the items in there are, are things that are purchased from people who are trying to get out of poverty or maybe out of sex trafficking, maybe out of slavery in the countries where they are living. And we're giving them purpose by not just giving them handouts, but instead we're creating work for them at a fair trade so they can begin to provide for their family. And these men and these women are just feeling lifted up because of the purpose that they have. So as we go into the purchase project and buy something, you're not just buying a really cool thing, but instead you're giving purpose to people who are just trying to get to know Jesus a little bit. Boaz and Ruth show us what generous in real life looks like. As they shared all of these different ways that we can share Jesus with the people who need some Jesus in their lives. What about you? How will you take the examples that they have set for us so that we might go into the world around us and the opportunities that God gives to each and every one of us, how will we now share Jesus? Maybe, you know, this story was, a lot of it was about foods. So maybe we need to think about food a little bit. Maybe you want to be part of what we call the meals ministry here at, at New Life. The meals ministry is a bunch of different individuals or families who have become part of this ministry where they will provide a, a meal, they'll create a meal, and then someone who is struggling, maybe they just came home from the hospital from surgery, maybe they just brought a new baby home from the hospital and trying just to get life going, well, they will create a meal and simply take it to their house and say, here, enjoy some food. So maybe you want to be part of a meals ministry and, and give meals to people who are hurting and struggling and just need some Jesus. Or maybe as you hear Boaz praying over Ruth, maybe you want to be part of our prayer ministry. You know, we have a prayer ministry. So for some of the people, they're down here front after every service praying for people. Or maybe we have a prayer ministry that prays throughout the week for concerns we have going on. If you want to be part of the meal ministry or the prayer ministry, scan on the front of the chair in front of you there, there's a QR code. Scan that QR code and it's going to take you to a place where you can click the, the button that says, I want to serve and go in there and fill out that form and click the buttons that says, I want to serve in the meal ministry or the prayer ministry. Just simple ways that you can share Jesus with others. Maybe for some of you, you're going to go out this afternoon and and go to a restaurant and get a meal, and you're just going to leave a tip that is grace upon grace and just bless whoever it is that's serving you that day. Maybe for some of you, you're going to invite someone over to your house, maybe someone that is on the outskirts of church, maybe someone that doesn't yet know Jesus, and you're going to invite him to your house, and you're just going to share a meal with them around the table and just share a great opportunity to bless them and love them. Maybe, here's an idea, why not go to the Purchase Project, buy some of the amazing coffee that was harvested by our artisans trying to get out of poverty and take that coffee home with you and invite someone over to your house, maybe even with a yummy dessert. If, if uh, I, Yeah, I can come. But invite someone over to your house to have a cup of coffee with you and to share life with them. It's called Generous IRL. 
It's being generous in real life, day to day, moment by moment, the opportunities that God places in front of you. It's noticing the people who need some Jesus and being willing in whatever way that God opens up to you to share Jesus with them. If you're willing to, you're going to be pulling alongside of Jesus as he walks into each day here in Gillette and beyond. And you're going to partner with Jesus in sharing Jesus with others. God, thank you. Thank you for changing our lives with stories like Ruth and Boaz. Thank you for seeing how they have initiated generosity in their lives. And it helps us to see some simple examples of ways that we can incorporate it into our own lives to partner with you, almighty God, with the power of the Holy Spirit, moving us and changing us, that we might go into this day and encounter people who need some Jesus in their lives, and we can find ways to share Jesus with them. So God, we go on your behalf. We go to share you, to to let people know more about you. So God, may you bless each and every one of us as we go into this day wanting to share Jesus. Thanks, God. In your name, amen.